Hello and welcome to the Get Around It podcast. I'm Ben Gray and alongside me, as they always are, we have Zach Mankin and Tim Pereira. Today, we're going to be reviewing some of the NBA offseason moves so far, five games of the week continues, and some Super Bowl sleepers. But first, it was a beautiful week in Chicago. You know, you can't lose games if you don't play them. But Mankin, how does it feel <laughs> to cop another round of uh... King Henry and buckle under his big, brolic legs? you guys have been hadn't really been talking to me about it for the last few days and i was wondering when i was going to get asked look man i don't really have much to say about it i was having nightmares watching derrick henry score that last touchdown in overtime Mm. Mm. god we've got Mm. got some flaws Mm. we've got some flaws it's not lamar jackson's fault entirely but i'm starting to understand how other people view him and how i may be a tad biased on his ability to throw the ball so are you are you finally on the train that he's a running back, not a quarterback? Or are you still trying to get there? I am nowhere near that platform. Of <laughs> <laughs> I am well away from that platform. But maybe I'll go as far to say when I said he was a top three quarterback, I might have been a tad biased. Really? Uh, Tim, would you even put him in your top five? <clears throat> oh, hell no. Oh. Would you put him in your top ten? Oh, come on. Um, he, he, come he, on. Oh. I mean, to he's be fair, a... I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure he's ranked 17. So I mean, QBR don't lie. <laughs> oh my god. Ooh, Ooh that's I ugly. Mean, look, that is ugly. Would I take Baker Mayfield because he's got a better record than the Baltimore Ravens? Who knows? Who knows? You? <laughs> oh my god. You would take Baker over Lamar. I mean, he's led, his, te- he's led his team to seven and three. I mean, Lamar's got his team to six and four with two straight losses. One to a below and five. Lamar's also third in his division. Ooh. Look, I'm, I mean, yeah. Mankin, can I ask you a question just quickly? How does it yeah, feel to be third in your division? Because I remember last week you, you were letting me. <laughs> it's how the turntables, my really friend, fun. how the turntables. You know what? I've actually had a, I've actually, no, I've actually had a positive outlook on this. If you think about it, Lamar was at his best when he was, came out of nowhere and was the underdog and then for the last 12 months he's been the the guy to beat now we're back into the underdog category maybe lamar's gonna be okay without the extra pressure on him so mm. pretty decent pick for the super bowl i reckon now mm. <laughs> coming off the couple of good performances <laughs> so also, yeah, um, quickly quickly a little a little quick question zach uh currently you guys are ranked eight in the afc so that means if that trend continues <laughs> You won't be in the playoffs. Just the thing just... is, the th- no, the thing is about trends, Tim, is that they are, they turn every week on a weekly basis. Well, someone who doesn't steal sleep and, next week, and, yeah. Oh, hey, look. I mean, if you beat them, I'll put you right up there. If you beat them, I will put Lamar Jackson in your top in my top ten for quarterback. Um, <laughs> that's ridiculous. But after the Steelers, the record's good. We'll make the playoffs. No one would want to play us in the playoffs still. As long as we don't play the Titans, we'll be fine. Hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, King Henry killed it. And I mean, look, looking at that team and looking at King Henry and looking at how they dismantled a good Baltimore team, would you consider good. them a sleeper? Glad you asked. Would you consider them a Super Bowl sleeper? Look, look. As far as smart money goes, they are currently 26 to 1. And tantalizing was the word I was thinking of. 
That is Ooh. 26 to 1 for a 7 and 3 Titans team that is better than they were last year coming off making the AFC Championship game. I don't know about you, but I think that's a it's a decent little little dabble for a bet, 26 to 1 with the Titans. Hmm. I mean, but what about any team that has a run defense? Yeah, look, you got a point there. There's obviously flaws. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't matter if King Henry runs over the other defense anyway. Mm. But still, 26 to 1. Uh, another one that was on my mind, Buffalo Bills, 23 to 1. Uh, 23 to 1 I'm for the Buffalo the Bills. train than I am on the Bills train. So you take the Titans at 26 over Bills at 23 to 1. Yeah, I just I think okay. well, especially after watching them dismantle um, the Baltimore Ravens, I just think it's it's hard to bet against that team, and especially seeing King of the Fourth Quarter Ryan Tannehill, holy dooly, that boy, that boy turns it on when it's game time. Mm. But I just uh, I'm sort of just I did start pretty on the beginning of the season on Josh Allen and the Bills, but I think I've just teed it out a little bit. I don't, uh, I don't like it as much as I like. Speaking of memory. speaking of teams that you started off being pretty high about, but probably going <laughs> to fail off. Arizona Cardinals, 31 to 1. <laughs> how's the tweet? How's, how's Tweet Tweet Nation feeling? 31 to 1. <laughs> tweet Tweet Nation is standing incredibly strong. Um, how strong? No, no, no. no. How strong? <laughs> Not strong enough. Um, uh, yeah. I th- give it next year. Come back again next year is, is all I'm going to say. They, they might have a run at it, but come back again next year, I think, is the mindset in Tweet Tweet As Nation. soon as there's money on the line, you fall away from Tweet Tweet Nation so damn fast. <laughs> Gosh. We'll switch over to your team, but Tim, interesting one. 12 to 1 for Seattle to win the Super Bowl. I wouldn't touch it with a 10 foot pole. <laughs> really? 12 to 1? I'm scared. I think we might be a playoff. If, if we don't... If we don't secure the first seed, which isn't going to happen, I don't know if we're actually going to make it past the wild card round. Especially if, especially if the Bucks, the Cardinals, and either us or the Rams, depending on who wins the NFC West. Like if we're playing any of those teams, I'm not confident. The only way, and I hope we do this, because if we're the top ranked wild card team, we verse the NFC West. So NFC East. So if we somehow make it to that and become the the best, it's the best, yeah, the best wild card um, team, we will verse the NFC East. So that's the only only kind of bright spot in not winning the NFC West. Which after today's performance, I don't know if we do. Hey, but then you'd have to go to New York and play a playoff game. That's <laughs> no one wants to be part of that, brother. <laughs> I don't know, Daddy Dimes at home, MetLife. Back it in. I mean, yeah. against our defense, I wouldn't be surprised. It's true. Look, uh, going through a couple more of the, we're gonna we'll try and come up with a consensus Super Bowl sleeper where we think is where the smart money. So currently, we're saying Tennessee Titans at twenty six to one would be our personal favorite. Indianapolis Colts mm. uh, nineteen to one for another seven and three team that has Super Bowl aspirations for sure. Mm. I'm hot on that. I am really, really high on that. I mean, I think they've got the number one defense in the league, third in total points allowed, second against the pass, third against the rush. And they've also got the lowest missed tackles, which is quite uh, quite impressive. Okay. Um, they've got a great, great offensive line. 
I mean, um, they've had the, they've got the lowest pressure rate in the league. Um, Philip Rivers has only been sacked, sacked eight times since week six. Philip Rivers has had a passer rating of I think ninety eight. He's thrown for ten Ish. touchdowns to four interceptions and ninety two hundred ninety yards per game. The running game's getting a bit of momentum, and their schedule. I mean, they just beat two seven and three teams in the Titans and Packers. They're the first in the AFC South at the moment. They have the Titans again, again the Texans twice, the Raiders, Steelers, and Jags. I think they go ten and six at worst. But like Paul Bryant said, offensive sells tick, offense sells tickets, defense wins champions championships, and eight out of the last ten Super Bowl winners have been top ten defenses in points allowed. Five out of the top ten. Um, but sorry, five out of the last ten were top ten in yards allowed. I mean, the Colts have got the one, if not the best, defense in the league, and they've got a good, good offense to pair it with. So I think, I think the Colts are up there, and I think we, we, you know, you should be very wary of them. Do you think also though is in the playoffs especially you're only going to go as far really as your quarterback is going to take you? I get that their defense is great. But if your quarter, like your quarterback, is what you live and die by in the end, mm-hmm. is there a world where Philip Rivers and his nine children let the Colts down? <laughs> I don't no, look. There's always a chance with Big Phil, um, but he's brung that. But if that if you were to give me them. odds, is it more likely that he lets them down or he's going to do well? Like, that, <laughs> what's your feeling right now? Right now, I think I think he wills that team enough. I think. He, he keeps the offense on the field long enough. The defense makes stops because they're one of the best defenses I've seen in the last three to four years. I mean, they are looking really good and they've got a great leader in uh, Leonard at, at the middle linebacker. I think he's the best middle linebacker in the game and potentially one of the uh, one of the defensive player of the year candidates. But I'm looking at this Colts team. I think Phil is a great, a great, he has got a great IQ and I think he knows how to win games in those dire situations Does it worry you he still looks like he's throwing a medicine ball? Because <laughs> I'm all about hard-hitting facts here. And every time I was... It's the angle. It's like the ball's three times as heavy for him as everyone else. It's like a sidearm. Yeah. And he looks like he literally cannot get it above his shoulder when he tries to throw it. I know. I know. But he's always done that. I mean, that's always been yeah. Phil's, um, Phil's throwing pattern. I mean, my thing is the on the offense, the offensive line is incredible. The offensive line have been doing... <laughs> but I mean, look, we'll take um, recency bias out because they gave away like ten holding penalties the other yeah, day. Yeah, holy moly! I was going to say, Tim, that's a bad take with recent with recent results. But but like I said, they've got the lowest pressure rate in the league, so they Phil Phil Rivers has time to throw the ball, time for those receivers like T. Y. Hilton and Michael Pittman Jr. to get open. I think the Colts are a decent pick. I mean, I would pick him yeah. because I'm selling the house and putting it on Kansas City. Um, <laughs> But hey, if any if any outside betters want to want to put one on, I, I go Colts. You haven't really sold it well when you've just told everyone that you still put it on the Chiefs. But I think <laughs> yeah, we can make Colts. Colts at, Colt at nineteen to one, I think, is good value as well. Because, like mm. you said, there's a lot of there's a lot more good than bad. And if Phil mm. Rivers could just be, if he can pre- at least pretend <laughs> to be a top eight quarterback on one day on any given mm. Sunday. Just pretend you're a top eight quarterback. Uh, they could beat anyone, so I think nineteen to one is decent odds for them, especially considering they could end up winning a division as well, which will help in the playoffs. Personally, I still think value wise, 
Maybe a bit of biased, I'll be honest. I may have Aaron Rod- money on Aaron Rodgers win MVP. Oh my god. But 13 to 1 for Aaron Rodgers in the Packers, considering that they just had played the best defense, or considerably the best defense in the league in the Colts, put up 28 on them. And let's be honest, the reasons the Packers lost that game was costly mistakes. That that uh, fumble off the kick return, can't remember who fumbled it, and then the fumble again in overtime um, cost them dearly. And I just think too much went right for the Colts for them to be able to do that again against the Packers. And I think the Packers are a damn good team at 13-1. to with Aaron Rodgers, and there's only I think that was only the second time that they've had their four major offensive stars playing in the same game, and they torched the top um, defense of the league. Packers thirteen to one. Aaron Rodgers revenge season. Will, will, I think, and I, I think the, what goes so well with the Packers is the fact that they are in the NFC, so getting to the Super Bowl immediately becomes so much easier for them in comparison to obviously the Titans and the Colts who have to go through um, the, the either the Chiefs goal. or the Steelers. Yeah. No, I uh, think I'm, the NFC no. is a bit of a. You God, what don't you sell? Thirteen to one with Aaron Rodgers? No, Come on, no. Man. I'd rather Believe. I'd rather pick the I'd rather pick the Rams than than the Packers. I think. What? Oh my God. The Rams. Jared have, Goff. Hey, the Rams. Have, he's been there before. <laughs> yeah, he's, been there he's scored three points. Oh, <laughs> I get that. Him and Lamar Jackson have the same amount of touchdown passes in a Super Bowl. <laughs> Put that into perspective. <laughs> I get that. I get that. But look, Aaron Rodgers, as as good as he played that game for the first, probably pretty much the first half, he was barely existing in that second. That that second that second half, he was he was unclinical. He he made a few risky throws that that luckily enough, Valdez Scantling got that down. But look, I, I just don't trust. I, I trust Aaron Rodgers. I just don't trust his supporting cast, especially on that offensive. I don't think he has enough weapons at wide receiver or consistent weapons at wide receiver. I think he's got a pretty good defense, and I think the defense can definitely um, help him out. But again, the, the thing about the defense is it's one of the worst, or it's mid pack in terms of rushing. So that means that offenses can rush on them, meaning that they can keep their offense on the field for longer and keep Aaron Rodgers off, which is the key. Which is why I think a team like the Rams, who are prolific rushers, a team like the Saints, who are good rushers, and, and just a good all-round team. I think they're a lot better suited to make the end, um, the the uh, Super Bowl than than the Packers. And also, I know this might be recency bias, but they lost to the Vikings. They almost lost to the Jags, and they just lost to the Colts. I just don't think that team is good enough. And it's not a knock on Aaron Rodgers or even Matt Lafleur. It's an often it's a it's a knock on the front office. I mean, what do they do this trade um, before the trade de- deadline or this offseason to help him out? Mm. I'm with you there. So, yeah, that's my little rant. It's fair enough. It's fair enough. Uh, only other, other you, one I'd so think is worth mentioning. The Ram? No, not a 13 to 1, brother. Gotta, you got you to pull me in a bit more than one. that. They were 18 to 1 until they beat the Bucks. No, they're 13 to 1. 18 to 1, I would have. 18 to 1, I would have nibbled. Yeah. yeah, you're flirting at me with the high teens, but 13 to 1's. Mm. <laughs> nah. Bucks are, third, <laughs> Bucks are 13 to 1. That's not bad. <sighs> For what is probably the most I mean, ta- talent wise. Don't be, don't, do oh, not be no. a prisoner of the moment on another podcast, Ben. I am a prisoner <laughs> of the moment, Megan. I do live in the moment. <laughs> T Brizzle, like you say so many times, was looking like TB 11.5. Again, like, Ugh. Yeah. It just 
I don't know, man. It's hard. It's hard because you're right. There is so much talent on that team on offense and defense. But I don't think TV's got it in them anymore, man, to get all the way to the Super Bowl and win. I don't see it. As soon as you rush, as soon as you get a pass rush on him, he just collapses. And I mean, the other, th- well, literally, because he gets sacked, but, um, but, but more so, I just don't think there's enough cohesiveness between him and the, and the rest of the team or the rest of the offense. I mean, there's bad reads um, between the receivers, and that's mainly because there wasn't any OTAs at the beginning of the year or preseason. But I don't know. I don't know if there's enough time for everything to amend. And I don't know if 13, and no- 13 to 1 is, I don't know, I don't think it kind of entices me enough. I think that would be my one. If I was going in, I'd go Tampa Bay at 13 to 1. Just because there's enough potential, there's potential of a Super Bowl. There's like enough talent on a team. I don't think there's nothing's going to hold them back necessarily, except themselves. Like they can beat anyone on a given day. Yeah. So if you're going to go for an outsider to put a bit of coin on, I think Tampa yeah. at 13 to 1 would still be my go-to. Out of all of them. And Ben, I know you're going to hate this, but if I'm going to go a too early power ranking for next year, I don't know what it is, but I'm putting Raiders as a top three team for next year. Oh, Hell my yeah. God. Hell yeah. Oh, my God. Do you know the reason? Do you know what the reason was why they lost to Kansas City? Was because they scored too fast. That was the only reason why they lost. If they took off more time on that clock, they would have won that game. If 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 they yeah, ran the ball a couple it. more times, I know, I get that, but it was one of the best losses. <laughs> that's isn't, isn't, that's part of the game. Seen. That's part of the game. Ben, stopping such a hater. Raider Nation, is Raider, Nation, Raider Nation needs to sit the hell down is what Raider <laughs> Nation needs to do. Oh, my God. Beat the Chiefs once. I don't care, bro. I don't care. Well, that's the only ones to do it. They're the only ones to do it this calendar year. And they nearly did it twice. Yeah, I don't care, man. And, and no I can't believe you backed really the Cardinals because of a f- there's a fancy five foot eight guy throwing the balls. So you're all in on the Cardinals, and then you've got a team that beat the Chiefs and nearly beat them a second time, and you're going to tell Raider Nation to sit down. You, see, the key word there was nearly. Yeah, but they did beat nearly. them, and then nearly but beat them a second beat time. They beat them twice. Listen, if they beat them the second time, it would have proved it wasn't a fluke. You know, but <laughs> it wasn't. A fl- are you dumb? It wasn't a fluke. <laughs> Listen. Awesome, man. Uh, Raider Nation just needs to sit down. Uh, listen, you know what? I'll give you. I'll give you benefit of the doubt and say that they're all right. But all right, I don't. Ben. I don't. I still don't think. I, notice? Do you notice how how neither of you brought the Raiders up as a Super Bowl sleeper? Oh, I was getting to it at fifty-one. Yeah, sure, you were. I was sure, sure you were. Sure you were. Ben, can I ask you a quick question on the Raiders? Can I ask you a quick question on the Raiders? Is it because they won Whatever, the trade with Khalil Mack? Is it because oh they won God. the trade with Khalil Listen, 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 Linda, listen. Is it because they screwed the Bears' future? Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. I don't. Is it because Khalil Mack hasn't been performing this year? Who knows? I just don't like Raider Nation. That's injured. all I'm going to say. Okay. okay. Well, before he was injured, he wasn't playing amazing anyway. But That's fair. And that's and that's why the Dallas that's why the Bears have 101 to one odds of winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, I tell you what, I tell you what, <laughs> it's worse than I mean, Philly and the Vikings. Anything possible. God, are we going to mention the Raiders, or have we already covered that? Well, look, 
51 to 1. I think it deserves a conversation. 51 to 1? I don't know about... I don't know about Gee. you, Tib. I've got a spare $10 laying around. And I'm thinking to I myself... I would put 10 on it. Rated Nation... Rated Nation, stand up. Get around the podcast. We all put in $10. Oh goes oh, on to the yeah. Raiders, including Ben. Because Ben's a fan. It doesn't matter. Ben's been outvoted. So Ben's going to put $10 in. <laughs> That's a fifteen hundred dollar payday. Making, making. Are out. we having a hashtag funny feeling? I think it's not a big quite call that for a funny, funny feeling. Well, funny feelings a big call for the to Raiders fair, to win the Super Bowl. I think that's a big to be fair. The last funny feeling that we had it was the Raiders versus the Chiefs. It's pretty clear the Raiders is the podcast team. I think that's a <laughs> consensus. <laughs> Considering we all love them, look, I think. Do you want to know the what are the odds for the Raiders to win the AFC? Is the odds better? Is, are they better to win the AFC or what? Are we, are we really? Are we really? Do we have a dabble? This? Do we have a dabble at the AFC for the Raiders? Because that might entice. I dare to say, if you win the AFC, I'd back, I'd back you to, if you if you win the AFC, I back you to win the Super Bowl because you're beating Kansas oh. City twenty six to one for the. Las Vegas Raiders to win the AFC. And go, if they're up against the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, guys, who are we taking? I think it's a pretty clear, clear pick. Oh my God. Who's going off current form? <laughs> I mean, look, I mean, look I, I, I'd go. I, 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 no, see, I think if I was going to do it, I'd, I'd go the fifty-one to one. I'd back him to if I'm back yeah. him, if they get out of the AFC, I back him to win it all. Although it could be, it could that, be the situation where their their semi, you know, that AFC Championship is their Super yeah. Bowl, and then they get blown out. Yeah. That's the only other thing that's on the back of my mind. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking if they beat the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, it could be the. Hmm. I don't like, know. Red like Nation versus the All Blacks. That was their grand final. Sorry, that was their that yeah. Was that was their that, grand like, final. And then they played South Africa and got smoked. I feel like the Raiders are to you guys what the Cardinals are to me. Nope. No, definitely not. No, no, no. Completely different. No. That's what it feels like. No, that's what it feels like. No, because we we have like performances to back up our claim. You just I can't can't believe I'm agreeing with someone that thinks Lamar Jackson was a top three quarterback, but I agree with Macon on that. So do the Cardinals. No. No, no, no. What's that? Different. What are the Cardinals odds again? 20 to 1? 26 to 1? 34 to 1. Joke. Yeah, nah. Absolute joke. Uh-uh. Thank mm. you. Uh-uh. I like that. I like that. What are the Saints? The so Saints got second it, best odds? It, what, oh, no, the Saints are $7.50. So is it a consensus? Uh, get around a podcast. 51 to 1. Las Vegas Raiders. Red Nation look, stand if you got up. a spare tenner, put it on. If you got a if spare tenner, put it on. I mean, why not? High risk, high reward. I'll do it for the point. Or even low, low risk, high, high reward. reward. Low risk, high reward. Yeah. This is <laughs> what we're talking about here. Damn. There would be some great games leading up to that Super Bowl. Do you know what I can't wait for, though? These next five games of the week. Come on, Macon, give them to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're currently going into week four of the count of five games of the week. Um Currently, the leaderboard is distance. There's some distance between the pack at the moment. <laughs> I think that's the best way to put it. I'm I'm nine of fourteen. 
Tim is six of fourteen. Ben is four of fourteen. But as we always mm. say, long, long season. season though. Long season. It's a long season. The aim is for all of us to be at least fifty percent or above by the time we finish the season. Because if you're fifty percent or above, we can consider ourselves professional gamblers, in my opinion. Because that would be a winning win percentage. Mm. So no better place to start than the NFC East, where we have the football Ugh. team at Dallas, where the Cowboys are three-point bo- three favorites in this big division game. Uh, interesting to know, Washington are currently two and five against the spread this season. Um, again, Cowboys coming off a big win against the Vikings. So that's something to keep in mind. And... I don't know. I've got Cowboys minus three. I think I'm going to take Cowboys minus three because I just think, I think they're, I think they're going to get the ball rolling. The offense looked good last week. They had their best game of the season as an offense, and you got to back Andy Dalton. I think that was, I think he had the his best QBR since 2017 last week, and Washington really ain't it. So I'm going to go Cowboys minus three. Yeah, I mean Washington beat a Joe Burrowless Bengals, so I don't rate their win too high, so I'm going to agree with you, Mankin. You know what? I'll take them boys. Why not? Give me Cowboys at minus three. We can all agree on the first one. You love to say it. Good love to say it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's tough to say. We'll move on to an unfortunate fixture. We've got the... Oh, yeah. <laughs> we've got the... Oh, yeah. We've got the Baltimore Ravens at Pittsburgh against the ten and zero Pittsburgh Steelers, and tough week for Ravens fans out there. Tough two weeks for Ravens fans out there. Um, I'll be honest; I've got into games with a tad more confidence than I have going into this one. Ravens have still managed to weasel themselves as only four and a half point underdogs. <laughs> um, everything's telling me to take Steelers minus four and a half, except for the fact that Lamar Jackson's the greatest athlete I've ever seen in my life, and I love him. So we've got to take (laughs) Ravens plus four and a half. We only lost by four last time, and we should have won that game. And I think coming off a couple of losses, this is a bigger game for us than it is for the Steelers to keep ourselves in playoff contention, which is hard to believe, to be honest. So I'm taking the Ravens plus four and a half. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to – I don't know why. I think – I actually think this might be potentially – the right um the uh Steelers first loss I don't know why I just oh I think God. the way they've been playing recently yes. I know I know it's weird and it hurts me to say but I think even no, if they don't lose I don't hurt. think they win by that much no it hurts it kills go. me Mankin. it doesn't have me. to it doesn't have to hurt I'm gonna go I'm gonna go I'm not gonna say they're gonna win but I've got that weird feeling about it so I'm gonna go plus four and a half right well see I'm just gonna take a point that you had making about this game doesn't really mean anything for the Steelers. Well, I think it means a lot to them because this is the statement game. I don't know about you, but I've been seeing a lot of talk that the Steelers have only been beating, you know, bad competition, which is in in fairness, kind of true for a lot of the games that they played. So I think this is the statement game for them because after this game, it's pretty much smooth sailing for the rest of the season and they could actually get that 16 and 0. So I'm going to be taking Steelers at minus four and a half. Thank you very much. Lock that one in as a win. Yeah, I agree. I've already um, got such a bad feeling about this. But you know Too what? Late. And then what the best part about taking the Steelers at, at minus four and a half is that e- even if I lose this one because of the four and a half, the Steelers still win. And I, you know what? I'll take that. 
I just don't want the Ravens to lose. I uh, sorry, I just don't want the Ravens to win, and I'm I'm fine with that. With the, however they do that. So you're you're allowing personal bias to get into your pick. I wouldn't so, say personal bias. Um, well, I'd say I'd say personal logic is okay. is how I'd put it. Nice. God. Fair enough. It hurts, but fair enough. Um. Well, because you've given my team such a good rap, let's switch over to my favourite game of the week, <laughs> Packers versus Bears, where I'm telling oh you, God. I would like, Ben, I would like you to guess how many points the Packers are favoured by. A rough estimate. Seven? Like, seven and a half? Eight. They are eight-point oh. favourites. That is disgusting. That is a lot of points. Uh, Packers minus eight. So I'm taking the Packers at minus eight because... <laughs> My rule of thumb is don't pick the underdog unless you think there's a chance they could win the game. So even though I think eight points is completely disrespectful, I do not see a possibility where even in a big division game like this that the Bears somehow win this game. But the thing going against me is in the last five meetings between these teams, it has been decided by eight points or less. So I'm going against history a little bit with Packers minus eight, but Bears are really bad and I like Aaron Rodgers. So I'm going Packers minus eight. Ben, I'm bearing down, baby. I am bearing yeah. down. <laughs> Bears Bear down. plus eight. Bear down. And I've got, a, I've got another weird feeling that the Bears actually win this game. I don't know why. I don't know why. I think, I think whoa, whoa, whoa. you got too much dip on your chip there, buddy. <laughs> Steady on. Uh, but I definitely, um, I think they win. I think, um, I, th- I don't think eight. I think eight. Sorry. I think eight points is way too much. I think eight points oh, yeah. is a little disrespectful for that defense. Um, but at the same time, it kind of makes sense with that offense. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm torn, but I'll go plus eight. Yeah, I'm going to take the Bears. I don't think that was a surprise. Um, I don't think, I'm not stupid enough to think that they're going to win. Um, but I think getting within eight is something very doable because our, our defense will give us good enough field position to at least kick some field goals. So that's, that's, that's my verdict behind that one. Jesus Christ. Does it worry you that Rogers put up 28 on a better defense in the Colts? No, not really. No? Okay. Uh, it's Sorry. bear nation. It's bear down. It's bear silly, down. That's silly question. Do sometimes. Fair enough. Um, we'll move on to the oh, big one. Colts v. Titans. Um Oof. Obviously, as we all know, Colts embarrassed by the Titans last time out. Sorry, Titans were embarrassed by the Colts last time out. Wrong way around. Uh, mm. That was not a good game to watch. Um, both teams look like they're just starting to get the ball rolling. Both look like serious threats in the AFC. And both are still 7-3 and three on top of the uh, AFC South, with Colts currently winning the tiebreaker. But this game is a huge one for that division. It would be safe, or it'd be fair to say, winner of this would be very much in the front seat to win that division. Uh, Colts are three and a half point favorites in this one. Um, look, I usually tell you what I've done first, but we'll mix it up. Ben, Colts are three and a half point favorites. What do you think? Where are you going to go? I've, I've said it many a time on this podcast that the Titans have one man and he rules over all of the NFL. And that is King Henry. And when you have King Henry, it is hard to bet against him. So I will be taking the Titans in this game. Titans at plus three and a half. Thank you very much. Lock in my bet. 
I'm not I'm not going back on it. Did you want me to go, Zach, or did Tim. you want to go? You go. You go. This is the I mean, this is the biggest game of the week, isn't it? This is pretty much the fight for the um division. I think I think it's gonna be hard for two special team mistakes to happen again in favor of the Colts. And I think it's going to be cut close. So I'm going to go Titans three and a half, but I think Colts still win this game. Wow, that is an audacious. <laughs> so you're going for the Colts minus three. Was that right? Wait, is it three and a half or three? Because that changes things. Sorry, three and a half, three and a half. Yeah, I'm going to go. No, I'm going Titans minus, uh, plus three and a half, sorry. Um, but oh. I think Colts win this game. That's right. I'm going to stop saying that because um, if, the... if, if they don't, I look like an idiot. Yeah, that's why I'd love you to keep saying it because it's kind of funny. I'm going Titans as well. Same oh. reason. King Henry has free real estate inside my head and the whole AFC. So <laughs> feel pretty rude. I actually bet, I, I bet with him against my Ravens just to show how much real estate he owns. Oh my God. Um. So yeah, Titans plus three and a half. I just think... They're a great team. It's pretty. I consider it a 50-50 game, and the times you get in the extra three and a half. So that was the deciding factor for me. Moving on to the headline game of the week, at least in the eyes of the biased mass media, we've got the Bucks versus Chiefs, which is a big one. Uh, Chiefs are three-point favorites, and wasn't easy for me because I'm thinking Tampa getting T-Drizzle with the three points is nice, but... I don't like being a prisoner of the moment, but that was a tough watch today against the Rams. <laughs> I just don't feel comfortable betting with the Bucks. I just think they have all the potential to beat the Chiefs, but they're very up and down so far this year. So I'm going to take Chiefs minus three. They've won five straight, and they're just there's something about when Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes got the ball two minutes to go against the Raiders. The sports betting odds were actually still favouring the Chiefs over the Raiders, even though they were behind and had to march 80 yards down the field. So that just shows the confidence the world has in Patrick Mahomes. So I'm going to take Chiefs minus three. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I'm going to go minus three with the Chiefs. I think if if Jared Goff looked as though he did today, I can't imagine what Patrick Mahomes is going to do, especially coming off a close win against the Raiders. I think he's, I think he wants to, to show out. Yeah, I think it's hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes, um, especially after how bad T. Drizzle was. Uh, lock in my lock in my Chiefs bet. Lock it in, and there are five picks of the week. Hopefully, no. we can all get above fifty percent, and hopefully Ben can make a drastic comeback on to the fifty percent mark. It's a long season. It is a long. To be fair, season. you're only three. You're only three back. Look at it that way. You're three back from fifty percent. That's not bad. That's not bad. I can, I can do that. You can. Do I've that. had worse. I've had worse situations. <laughs> Oh, man. Right, we're going to cross the pond to a segment. We're going with the biggest movers of the offseason where it's not necessarily who looks the strongest going into the year, but who we think, based on their offseason moves, has moved up or down where they would rank in the season. So obviously the Lakers, for example, will not be a big mover of the offseason because their offseason moves has put them from a soft first place bet to a strong first place bet to win the <laughs> NBA. So they don't count. 
you'll get the idea as we go along. Ben, give me your, we'll go up. So biggest movers in an upwards direction from the off-season moves. Who was one of your teams? One of my teams I had, and it was really weird to have to put this team down, but I had the Charlotte Hornets. Um, Now, we'll talk about some of the moves that they made later, but I think you add a playmaker in LaMelo Ball. You you bring back Cody Zeller. You brought in Gordon Hayward, who adds that wing depth that you sort of needed, or sorry, wing strength that you needed. That's a nice little team with Ball, Devontae Graham, Gordon Hayward, PJ Washington, and Zeller. You know, that's a nice team in the East. And in the East, I reckon that they have a chance of Slipping in at that seven spot, possibly. Um, yeah, it feels weird, but I think Hornets did actually make some okay moves for the present and for next season. For the present, so well team. said. <laughs> I do love the Charlotte Hornets, so I'm not going to argue with that. I think that, yep, I agree, seven seed. I think that's their ceiling. They are yep. a, their ceiling is a first round sweep against the Bucks <laughs> or the Nets, but that's the highest ceiling that they had before the off season. Yes, so, 100%. 100%. Tim, who was your... I've actually got the Atlanta Hawks. Interesting. I think I think mm. they've I think they've improved, especially in depth. Um, I mean, they drafted Onyeka Onkongu at number six. Uh, I mean, he's an you know an athletic defender at the four or five, a rim protector, a much needed defensive player on that team, and, and works well with the pick and roll. I mean, they got Danilo Gallinari, uh, Rajon Rondo, who's a nice you know second ball handler. Plays well on both sides of the ball. A little bit expensive. I mean, I don't know if I'd pay that much for him, but he brings that kind of that veteran presence. He doesn't stretch the floor necessarily, especially um, with the loss of Jeff Teague as well, who is that kind of floor general and, and veteran presence off the bench. Um, Chris Dunn, nice perimeter defender. Uh, he's got a bit of playmaking ability, can guard wings and, and make kind of, I guess, it, it makes up for that short floor in Trey Young. Bogdan Bogdanovich, if the Kings don't match that uh, uh, that signing or match his contract. I mean, from an offensive standpoint, he brings in a wide range of skill. Uh, he can shoot the ball. All in all, I reckon, I reckon the Hawks, I mean, look, <laughs> will I say they're a contender? <laughs> well, uh, I think they make the playoffs. I think they're, a, 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 you know, in the talk for a 7-8th and definitely a play-in spot. But I think they got better from last season. It's hard to argue. Um, I was similar. I had Atlanta Hawks are probably my number one biggest mover of the offseason. Again, though, like, I think there's as far as, as, far as you can go, the team build around Trey Young, the worst defender in the NBA, who mm. is my pet, my pet hate, <laughs> my pet hate of a player in the NBA is Trey Young. Yeah, but you still draft him, but. In the past, man. Don't live in the past. <laughs> <laughs> I had no option. I had no option. He was a six man choice. Still to do it today. Again, look, my biggest mover of the offseason upwards, I don't want to be judged. I feel a little bit basic picking them, but I feel like it had to be done. I have gone with the Philadelphia 76ers. And and I know, Ben, that's the same same reaction I had when I thought about it. But just from an offseason perspective, they've, from where they were, which I think it looks like a distant memory at the moment when they got swept by the Boston Celtics in the playoffs. They now have one of the best GMs in the game. They have one of the most respected head coaches in the game. Darren Morey has been making money moves. They got rid. They got off that Al Horford contract, got back Danny Green and Terrence Ferguson. They've gotten uh, 
what's his name? Seth Curry into the team. Uh, it looks like a much more normal basketball team. Getting rid of Josh Richardson, for me, I thought was really good. He had just did not fit at all. And I just think it looks like a basketball team that it looked like in 2017 where you and me, Ben, both loved that Philly team when they had Dario Saric and they had JJ Redick. And it was, I just think they're back to that kind of back in that contention. I think they're back as a, they've always looked like a top three roster, but I think it makes a bit more sense now as a team. I just think maybe this time around when we say the Philadelphia 76ers are going to be really good. Maybe this year's the time where they actually are really good and they get back to where they should be. Uh, So I've gone Philly. Okay. Just think about it. My only issue with the Philly pick is, so this past year they were ranked sixth, right? I don't see them getting much higher than that again, considering the Nets come back as a good team. The Heat are back. Celtics are back and only better. Raptors are good. Bucks are good. Like, Raptors won't be as good. The fundamental issue in Philadelphia is the fact that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid aren't meant to fit together don't like, you dare that, say that they, those are two <laughs> players those are two players that shouldn't be together because ben simmons can't spread the floor and joel Embiid needs space inside so okay, it just, had, that didn't had change a... and i guess they made some nice moves but they added brick green like what do we he's, he's okay. a walmart okay. version of jj reddick at best okay although although because i actually had the 76ers as one of my movers as well yeah i think i think back to what Mankin was saying it kind of resembles like it resembles that team and i believe 2017 yeah, yeah where funny enough um joel and beads and ben simmons i think net efficiency rating was the high i think it was like 15.7 compared to what it's oh, been so got the same was, start got the same start yep. that's what i'm talking about compared to last year which was, Yep, compared to last year, which I think I don't have the stats on me at the moment, but was it 0. 0.7? Yeah, 0. 0.7 like when they're on the floor together. 0. 0.7, yeah. So, I mean, look, I like that. I think Daryl Morey's done a really good job. I think he's brought in a couple three, um, you know, a three and D guy, more D than three in Danny Green. Um, Seth Curry, which is a nice three-point shooter. I think Dwight Howard is a really underrated pick. I think he's a nice backup center for Joel Embiid, as long as you don't make him defend around the um you know don't make him a perimeter defender and draw him outside the paint and i think also terence ferguson who's a nice defender and perimeter defender around the paint uh sorry perimeter defender who can defend the guard and the wings i think that's a nice um pickup and i think the best thing and what zach pointed out was they got rid of al horford's contract because that was that ain't it that was bad that's a bad contract that's not theirs anymore (laughs) come on ben Let's be honest, they're going to be better than the Raptors. Can we make it? The Raptors are not as good as they were, and now the six, Sixers are better. Yeah, which is funny enough because I've actually got the Raptors going down in my, um, oh, in my pick. Oh. Big things. Oh. Big things. Angry bed. Look, not, not that I have anything against the Raptors. It's more that the fact that they lost Serge Ibaka and Marcus Gasol, who are both incredibly big offensive and defensive. Um, you know, they, they both had, well, more Marcus Gasol had probably a bigger defensive than offensive present and production. But Sergio Barker was an offensive and defensive big man who who was one of the key, you know, players for that team. And I think bringing in Aaron Baines does a nice job in giving some range and, and, and dynamic um, offensive output. But I don't think he replaces them at all. I mean, they've got a team with a great coach, which is, you know, undoubtable. 
or, or, or I guess undisputed, but they just look they look a bit thin, especially with the Eastern Conference and the contenders kind of making moves this off season. I don't know. Although Malachi Finn was an up uh, Flynn was a nice steal at twenty nine. Listen, man, we did this last year with the Raptors where we said they lost Kawhi, so they're going to be bad, and then they came out and were the two seed. I don't think that old-ass Mark Gasol and aging Serge Ibaka leaving, I don't think that having them on the team is going to be as big of an impact as we think. I think that anytime you have Nick Nurse as your coach mm. and you know you have that base of dogness in Toronto, it's... It's just it's a great foundation to build off of, and I think in a week east, they are still a contending team. So Ben, do you think they come second in the in the conference? No, I don't think they come <laughs> second in the conference, but I don't think they drop down below um, the Sixers. So you don't really, even with no, even really? with Doc Rivers. I don't. I don't care for Doc Rivers, man. Doc I, Rivers. I Doc Rivers cannot. He cannot blow a three-one lead in the regular season. Got to remember that. That's a bit. Cool. Listen, man. We'll have to wait and see. I've never been very high. I don't. Like, I just. I just since Philadelphia's hype train peaked in that 27 season. It's just been so disappointing to see how the two stars work together, and I just I'm not very high on that on them together as a team. Fair enough. Well, in that case, if you didn't have the Raptors, who was your biggest faller from the off season? Um, well, it's hard to go from bad to even worse, but I had the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that is that is an organization that I don't know if they're even running it at this point because. I don't understand anything that's going on over there. They went out this off season and picked up more bigs in Plumlee and Okafor for some reason. Um, why do that? They blew an opportunity to trade away Derek Rose um, for picks, possibly from from a contending team, but instead decided, you know what, let's keep him around. Why? I, why you would do that? I don't understand at all. Um, this is a team that didn't really do anything to improve the team. <laughs> Uh, you need to check yourself, Tim. This team didn't do anything. This team didn't do anything at all to improve. I think that they're actively tanking for this awesome draft that we have coming up, um, which I guess is fine. But yeah, that team is not nice. I do not want to be a Detroit fan at the moment. I do not understand how they did not get off both Derrick Rose and Blake Griffin in the offseason. Like, how do you oh, forget? That's like the oh. one job. That is your one job. Get off them. That's all you have to do. And everyone would not talk about you or, you know, get angry at you for your crap off season, but they've still got them. And now they're too- giving Mason Plumlee $25 million is outrageous. Oh <laughs> like, what are we doing? Why? I don't get it. God, man. I agree. That's a bad one. Um, my one, again, I feel a little bit basic because I've just put the Philly 76ers, but I, I went the Clippers and I included the fact that, mm. You know, they lost Doc, and I think I still think Tyloo's a downgrade, even though I think Doc had to go. I think it was a mistake to go Tyloo. Um, like losing Mo Harkless, losing um, Roger Shamit, losing Jamichael Green, then losing Montrose Harrell to the Lakers for two mm. years, 18 million. Bit of a kick Ugh. in the guts. They've had so much speculation about this bad team chemistry this offseason coming from the playoffs, and I just think. You look at what they were last year for free agents where they were getting all these really good veterans back. 
so, sorry, getting all these good veterans in their to their team because they were a hotspot. Because obviously you got Kawhi and Paul George, you're in LA, you got Doc Rivers. They've completely lost that aura about them, and I think they're back to the good old little brother in LA. It's just not. It, it hasn't been a good off season for the Clippers. Um, very bad, very bad indeed. Just quickly, Zach, who do you mm. think's a better pickup, um, Montrez Harrell or Serge Ibaka? Oh, Montrez Harrell. Montrez Harrell. Okay. Serge Ibaka is very limited, and he's older. And Montrez, mm. yeah, Montrez Harrell's a he's a he a dog. Got some flaws, but. When you got he's playing, he'll be playing with Anthony Davis, so I think all his yeah, flaws will be yeah. masked well. They'll be masked, and you get the good bit. Him and um, Dennis Schroeder off the bench. They've got the two Ugh. front, the first and second place in the sixth man of the year race to come off their bench. That's disgusting. And then you've so you've got LeBron and AD starting. They have a breather. Bring on Montrez Harrell and Dennis Schroeder. That's that's messed up, man. That's so with fair. the Clippers getting worse, do you see them falling out of the two seed in the West, or or what's their yeah. ceiling now? Yeah, I'd have them as a as a Who's plucky good, five seed, plucky five Oof. seed. That's where I've got them. Because I think the I, I think the Denver Nuggets will. I still don't think the Denver Nuggets are going to win it, even how good they played in the playoffs. But I think they'll end up. There would be my pick for the two seed, even a one seed. I can see the Lakers going to a two seed and kind of coasting a little bit. Mm. Um, so they'll go about the Clippers, and I'm definitely forgetting someone because when I went through this in my head, I had them as a oh, this team's like it's kind of outrageous. But Dallas, Dallas? I think I think Dallas is going to jump to a top three. I could see them mm. being a top three above the Clippers, and then I'd probably have the Clippers at four. So maybe plucky four seed. Yeah, but not good. It's it's not outrageous, especially when you consider the fact that I guess another team that's obviously gotten worse, but I don't think we've talked about it just because of the fact that it's so obvious is OKC, um, who have. You know, Sam Presti has been hoarding picks like a madman and trading away assets and flipping them, which I love. Um, but they're obviously going to fall out. But I think that them falling out was a smart idea because it wasn't very long that they could have held on to what the, the magic that they had this year. Yeah. It felt like we obviously said before we talked about the biggest movers of the offseason. It felt wrong putting OKC in there because we all agree, like you said, that it was the right decision for them going forward. Yeah. God, that's a lot of first picks. Lordy, Lord Sam oh, Presti has finessed. He's just, oh man, that's unbelievable stuff from Mr. Presti. And I, I don't mean to backtrack because <laughs> I just want to quickly throw out another question to you guys. With the loss of um, Jeremy Grant for um, for the Nuggets, do you not think that that impacts them, especially on the defensive end? Uh, nah, man. Not enough to, like, be like to affect where they're gonna and like how far they're gonna go. It doesn't affect their ceiling at all. It'd be a nice piece to have, but I don't think. I think they'll be alright. What about through the playoffs? I feel like again, just because like, I mean, when you, gonna... when when you have someone like him guarding someone like Kawhi or LeBron, who he who he did quite well in, especially this past playoffs. Do you not think that that's probably that could be a key piece, especially if they want that kind of championship aspirations? No, but I he is someone that you want on your team until you have to pay him, and then you don't want him because yeah, okay. they're the guys that you overpay for. Just the fact, obviously, funnily enough, the team that paid him was the Detroit Pistons, who have given him sixty <laughs> yeah. mil. Like you don't want to be the team to pay those guys. You'd rather have them come to you in a trade, or you pick them up when they're 
you know, veterans and playing for cheaper. You don't want to mm. pay Jeremy Grant. Mm. So you, would you consider that a stupid signing or have you got a couple others that, I guess, you know, that, oh, that, that are more yeah. stupid than, than that? Look, probably my favorite part of the NBA is going through these stupid things I see in the off season. Um, Jeremy Grant's up there, but well, we'll start off with the elephant in the room for the worst contract, I think. General consensus, uh, best front, best best owner in the uh, NBA, Michael Jordan, has come out with a classic, an absolute classic for the record books. Gordon Haywood, $120 million. Thanks oh. for coming over four years. Look, I don't know whether to be happy for Gordon Haywood or just sad in general that, that daylight <laughs> robbery can exist in the NBA. Oh, I am um, just so sad for Charlotte because they just got off that awful Nicholas Batum contract. And then no. it's as if Michael went, I need someone to fill that gap, not as a player, but in terms of on my cap, who do I want it to be? Uh, like, oh, Jesus Christ, that's a lot of money for a player. That's only going to give you 15 points a game. Like, holy moly. Yeah, I think I, I like it because all the other GMs are looking in and it's like, don't do it like Mike. Because, oh my God, they, <laughs> 120 yeah. million over four years for an, an ex, yeah, that's way too expensive. I mean, Gordon Hellwood's too old, too inconsistent and injury prone. And look, LeBron wouldn't do it. We all know. I mean, worst GM in the league, second best player of all time. LeBron would be the best GM in the league, besides you two, of course, and the greatest oh, player. Yeah, thank you. Fun. I was going to say. All right. Say, you forgot a pretty couple of I know, big I know, names but it's, there. It's, it's, it's implied. Like, everyone else, everyone knows that they're, they're vying for third. Got it. You two can fight off, okay. fight over who's first or second. That, that can be a little tussle between you two. But 1.5. With, with two 1.5s. No, don't no break I think that would be a clear it, first it, and it, second. Don't, you don't have to break us apart. Like no, that. I think I do. <laughs> Maybe that's maybe that's next week. Maybe that's next week. <laughs> um, yeah, bad contract. But my other bad contract, which I half hated, half loved to see, was Joe Harris because the no. Joe oh. Harris contract for me is my pet hate when it comes to bad contracts. Because people talk about the KCP contract, the Marcus Morris contract, where these guys are getting three years, forty million dollars on championship contenders, and Yes, they're overpaid, but they're a necessity for a championship team. It's just all the good championship teams have these three and D guys who are overpaid, and I think you got to do it. But Joe Harris for four years, seventy-five million dollars is a stretch too far, and I wouldn't even classify him as a three and D guy. He ranked one hundred eighty-six in defensive rating, and <laughs> look, you so you so you take off the half of that, so he's just a three-point shooter. You can get better three-point shooters for. $75 million. I can nearly guarantee it. And I just think the Brooklyn Nets were so worried about losing him that they've just overpaid him to the extreme. He should have been one of these guys who get the three-year $40 million contracts. Mm. But nope, yeah. he finessed the Brooklyn Nets and poor poor decision by Brooklyn, in my opinion. I mean, Yeah, I, th- I think another, another that? signing yeah. that you... <laughs> <laughs> another another signing that I think that you also mentioned earlier, Tim, was the Danilo Gallinari one. And for me, I, I get it in the short term, but in the long term, three years, sorry, three years, 61 million. That is insane amounts of money for Danilo Gallinari, who in his last year is going to be 35. 
That's outrageous money for Danilo Gallinari. And I get it. Like, he's a solid player. But I just think when you get to that third year in this Hawks team, I don't know whether they're going to be ready by that third year. That's, you're going to look back and think that was not the move to make. Yeah, he's got cap. He's got like trade cap filler written all over him. Like he's going to be the expiring contract Ugh. they trade away in that last year, guaranteed. Yeah, it's yeah. Again, I think mm. the money doesn't bother me, but the length does. I think you could have, I could have been okay with maybe two years, maybe one year in a team option or player option or something. Yeah. But that threat guaranteed three year money is no poor form, Atlanta. I wouldn't expect anything no. more from you, but. Yeah. I did have other moves that obviously that weren't free agent moves that I thought were bad ones. One of them was the failed Bogdanovich trade to the Bucks. That's just poor GMing um, from the Kings and the Bucks. Mm-hmm. And then another one I had, which I think I'd, I'd be interested to see how you guys feel about, is actually the Chris Paul in Phoenix trade. Really? Because mm. Chris Paul, he's 35 years old right now. He's got two years left on his contract, and in his second, in that second year, it's close to forty-two million dollars. Now you're only really going to get two years of Chris Paul, and then I think there's a high high likelihood that he either retires or jumps shit. And I don't know whether adding Chris Paul for that much and giving away the assets that you know the Suns did pushes them to be anywhere near contending. Mm. Yeah, my my thing with it is my like another thing that I a lot of poor teams who get these really good draft picks, like really good superstars, historically they've always left that team, like Anthony Davis for example, because they never win enough with these poor teams that draft them high. So I like the fact that Phoenix are not making the mistake of letting D-Book walk because they're not winning enough. And I like the fact that they're trying to show D-Book and DeAndre Ayton that they can win in Phoenix because I think a lot of the time these players that get drafted to these bad organizations just don't believe they can win there. Even if they wanted to stay, I don't feel like they don't feel like they can win there. So I kind of like it for the fact that D book might resign there thinking that, Oh, I can win in Phoenix, but I understand Uh, your point from it. I, I, I completely agree with all those points you made, Zach. I think that's, that's a big kicker. Give, give Aiton and, and Booker, especially Booker who, you know, who is kind of getting into the, point of his career where he wants to really make a difference and you know get those all-stars but more so get those all nbas and stuff like that which hopefully chris paul you know will help because they may get a better you know a record in the uh in the west but i also think if you do see improvement from the suns does it does it entice free agents to potentially look at that as a viable option when you have a good young core with d book and and deandre ayton I mean, just just having. Yeah, but the thing is, is that the salary cap. Chris Paul's contract and and Devin Booker's contracts both take up, you know, almost eighty million dollars worth of the cap. Mm. Which I'm not saying necessarily is the year, but once that Chris Paul, yeah, you know, once that Chris Paul contract does end, is there that kind of level of enticement, especially playing with Dave Book, who is a you know, he is a baller, like he is a shooter. And you saw that in the bubble in those last eight games. And DeAndre Ayton, who has a lot of upside, does that kind of entice in the next couple of years some free agents to be like, yeah, all right, let's give it a shot. Or is it too small of a market? Yeah, I'm with you, Tim. I think it's more so about making not only Deep Book and Ayton believe they can win in Phoenix, but the whole league. 
if it's not really about the two year period on Chris Paul's deal, it's more so if everyone's looking mostly Devin Booker because they want Devin Booker to sign the second contract, but or the third contract, but um, they want people in the league to go, oh, I can win with D Book and Aiden in Phoenix. Oh, look, they're a five seed, made the second round. I'm a veteran player who wants to just help a winning. I want to help a championship contender and try and get a ring. Could make let's make Phoenix one of those places that I could go to. So I think that's the main point of the Chris Paul contract is that to show that to show everyone that they can win in Phoenix. I mean, I mean, I'm not convinced, but I, I will be interested to see how it goes because I think that's one of those trades that you know we might look back on two, three years from now and go, that's where it all went down for them. Now, I have one last um, bad move of the offseason, um, and it involves the draft. And um, it is going to be the Knicks deciding to pick Obi Toby. Oh, that was my, my God. bad move of the offseason. The audacity of you. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, God, I hate stupid people. I mean, when Is you have it, a team full of bigs, you know, forwards, you need a guard and you need a young guard because you're starting a really big rebuild. I think it's really a good idea to pick a power forward who's, you know, 21, 22. I think that that's the way to go. Definitely 100% as an organization. Okay, quick points here. Let's go through top to bottom. Why you're a dumb idiot. Point guards, there is heaps in the league. There are so many good point guards in the league. We didn't need to draft one. I have no problem us not drafting one. And we've got RJ Barrett there anyway, so we don't need another ball-dominant point guard. Obi Topin was the best player available, and if you want to go through all our forwards issues, we've waived pretty much all of them. None of them exist. Bobby Portis is gone, and so is Taj Gibson. So all we've got is Julius Randle now, who you cannot get rid of the untouchable asset of Julius Randle, so I have no problem him staying. Best spin, best spin move in the NBA. Best left hand in the NBA. Come on, can't get rid of that. Um, Obi Toppin was the best player. He is, as Stephen A. Smith would say, he is box office. He's, you know, he's good lob finisher. He's a he's a hometown boy. Grew up in grew up in New York, Brooklyn. Um, and if we really let's let's be honest, it's the same thing. I didn't want to bring up it was Brooklyn. I thought New York <laughs> region would be good enough. Yeah. Um. And if we really want to talk about poor draft picks, I know why you've brought up Obi Topic because you knew I was going to bring up the fact that the Chicago Bulls, with the fourth pick, selected a guy that didn't even start in college. It was the sixth man. Yeah. <laughs> he was the sixth but man for a bad college team. And average. With the fourth pick. Sixth man of the year. With the fourth, with the fourth the pick. Year. Ben, Ben, you know, me and Patrick Williams have two things in common. Neither of us averaged double digits in college. He averaged nine yeah, points. Yeah, but he wasn't ben, starting. And four. Yeah, but he wasn't starting. Yeah, because he wasn't good enough. That's not fair. It's like saying, oh, no, because the, oh, no, it's because Gray, the program ben Gray didn't average. The program doesn't traditionally start. Oh, it's freshmen. the program. So it's the program. It's the program. So, so you're saying, you know, you're saying if LeBron you the second youngest so no, 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 because you're entering <laughs> no, a no, long no. rebuild, no, you get I'm still a talking. dynamic running the floor wing in Patrick Williams to add to the rotation, and you know. And if things go bad, then there's always an extra. Oh but God. I you know think wo- at least we're not ben, filling our ben. team with people who are too old in the rebuild process. Ben, Ben, do you know what the word dynamic means in scout reports? It means he does everything kind of because he doesn't do one thing well. That's what the word dynamic means. That's exactly, exactly that what man, Patrick That man Williams runs the floor is. well. He runs the floor well. 
I'm sure he runs the floor. He's playing in the NBA. I'd expect him to run the floor. I expect him not to be slow. I have no idea what you mean by run the floor. Everyone runs the floor who's good. That's not a... Look, as, as the... audacity as of the... you to have a go at Obi. Okay. As the impartial, you know, I am impartial to both teams. You know, both both points are somewhat valid. I mean, Mankin, when you brought up um, uh, Stephen A. Smith's Bucks office point of view, Come on. Um, Stephen A. Smith did not like that pick for New York, so I thought it was a bit... No. Yeah, that was before wasn't, wasn't we right waved. Post. That was before we waved Taj Gibson and Bobby Porter. But, but but I agree. I think I think Obi Topin was the best pick for the Knicks because they just give him. He just gives him some sort of oomph. I mean, he he's a Skywalker, as people say. I mean, he's got explosiveness. And Ben, it is a little bit hypocritical of you to say <laughs> uh, the, <laughs> the draft when you know you picked Patrick Williams, who again didn't. Average double digits again was the second youngest player in the draft. Oh my god! And if so you're, you're saying looking that at a long term rebuild and development, ben, like, ben, that's like, a really good point. Then Ben, like you said all the time, Ben, like you say all the time, teams make mistakes drafting too young because they fizzle out. <laughs> you said that. I don't remember ever saying that. You said I that. I will you said that. You I'd said like, that. I'd like, I'd like a clip of that. I'd like the clip of that. Well, I don't remember you, saying that. It was Mankin, but I think you said that, Ben. It wasn't me. Okay, well, it was it's definitely you, Ben because I wouldn't. Ben, yeah, the age thing doesn't make any sense because if he's bad and he's 16 years old, it doesn't matter. Oh, but he's young. Yeah, but he sucks. I'd rather pick a good 22-year-old than a bad 19-year-old. Listen, man, I just want to feel something. That's all I want, okay? I just want to feel I just want to feel something. Oh, I was so excited for this draft. We had the number four damn pick. Man, come on. Cut oh, me yeah, some damn funny. slack here. That was so funny. The good thing is you're gonna be back in the high lottery picks next year. So you can get someone else. I know, and that's and that's what we want. See, we're playing we're playing games with the whole league. The whole league is being put on notice right now. See, I can't oh, wait man. for you I can't guys. wait for Zach. I can't wait for Zach to be like an eighth seed. No, sorry, like a like a the last, the the worst record in the league, and somehow still get the tenth pick in the draft. Oh, yeah, that's just the Knicks. I'm used to it. See, it's it's pretty overrated. Get the number one pick. Lottery. Because I didn't want Zion Williamson. I wanted RJ Barrett. Anyway, nice. he was number one on my. He was number one on my power on my uh, on your marks. Yeah. On my mm. on my big board. Yeah, 14.9 points compared to 23 point whatever or 22. Yeah, well, at least RJ played. At least RJ played and suited up for the Knicks. Zion just sat on the bench eating and getting fat. Yeah. That's all he yeah, did. But somehow, you know, you know Zion couldn't even play full games? God, mm. he sucks. He sucks, man. <laughs> but he's still, I mean, look, he's still, uh, he still beat out RJ Barrett in Rookie of the Year voting, I'm pretty sure, so... The the mass media. There's a reason. It's clear that I didn't cool. get it. No, mass media. Yeah. Because sorry, my apologies. I, I always get caught in the moment. We don't talk about them. I wasn't even going to bring up the draft ban. I was genuinely not even going to bring up Patrick Williams until you decided to try and jump the gun and bring up Obi Topin. Wait, who was you got to be there then? to strike first? Zach, who was your third? Then? Yeah, but I wasn't going to. Sh- I wasn't going to strike. I was going to. My third. Uh, Worst things I saw in the offseason was people actually believing that James Harden was going to go to the Brooklyn Nets. So I thought that was the <laughs> stupidest. I thought that oh was the stupidest thing I've You're ever so, seen. You are so and, dumb if you think that James Harden's going to last the whole season in Houston. 
I never said that, but I'm saying the fact that you thought he was actually going to get traded to the Nets just because he asked nicely was the silliest thing I've heard. That's how things yeah, get done in the dumb. league now. Yeah. Players ask fair, nicely. Yeah. To be fair, the Rockets deserve... Yeah, it took sorry, Anthony James Davis Harden. a year. Yeah, but to be fair, James Harden deserves to go where he wants to for the amount no, of No, he shit. doesn't. No. I mean, for He's what he gave up. players with him. Oh, my. Who? Don't say... Uh, they, don't say be, they nearly don't say beat West. the Warriors. They nearly yeah, beat the Warriors. Had, yeah, and they didn't because they had no depth and Chris Paul got injured. He was, what, 30, 31 at that stage? Yeah, well, the reason was because Chris Paul got injured. If he didn't get injured, they probably would have... Well, they would have lost to LeBron in the finals, but they would have made the finals. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Just it made no it made no sense for the Houston Rockets. I understand why James Harden wants to go to the one of the favorites in the East. I understand from James Harden's perspective, but from the Houston Rockets' perspective, there is no possible trade package that makes sense. See, and I just I thought it was ridiculous. Oh, not not with the Who trade the package. Hell? No, no, no. Sorry, I don't disagree with the trade package, but I think now's the time to trade him because he's at the highest value. What if he sits out for the season? What if he does a Kawhi? Yeah, but and you get even less for okay, him. Okay, but my point is, you know how much his value drops when he says he wants to go to one specific team, unless that team is can offer him something amazing, which the Brooklyn Nets can't. There's no way that trade gets done. The least, the reason it can't have happened with the Lakers was at least the Lakers could offer a lot for Anthony Davis. But the Brooklyn Nets can't offer that much for James Harden. So that's why I, I feel like happen. this is more reminiscent of a Kawhi Leonard situation. Yeah, that's what I was He said where he wanted to go, and then they didn't send him there, and they sent him to Toronto, and you saw what happened. And I think that that acts as like a almost a precedent for other teams to go, you know what, maybe we can make it work. But I still well, think that he loses value no works. matter what. Yeah, I, I, I think, but I'm, I not, think... I'm not... Zach, I'm not saying that he goes to the Nets, but I'm saying you trade him now because his value will be highest. No, you trade him. Remember, we talked about this last week. James Harden, you... every single team, every single team in the league right now thinks they have a chance to make the playoffs, no matter how bad they actually are, probably except Detroit. But every single other team thinks that they can make the playoffs, and the people that are in the playoffs already think they can win a championship. So no one's going to give up enough for Harden. You wait till teams know where they are and know where they sit regarding the NBA timeline. And those are the teams you target if you're Houston Rockets to trade James Harden halfway through the year or going into next season. <sighs> His value still goes down from today, every day. No, every it doesn't. Day it it doesn't down. go it down. Does. It does. Especially if he doesn't play. The Mankin. NBA stock market opened two hours ago, Mankin. <laughs> you were asleep, I tried to ring you. You, you were, were asleep. asleep. His, value, his value has been going down. It's not going down. It's not Honestly. going down. Well, it ain't going up, that's for sure. No, because it started so low because everyone's like, oh, this... Because he said he wants to go to one team. If you're another team and you know that James Harden only wants to go to the Brooklyn Nets, why would you trade for him? Because you just know he's going to leave because he doesn't want to be there. Seen, because cause there's precedent. Because you've seen what happened when Kawhi Leonard went to the Raptors. Okay, he also left after one year. I'm not, I'm, I understand that they won a championship, but Golden State Warriors were injured. Like, a lot of things went their way for them to win that title. So I'm just saying... Chip's a chip, bro. Chip's a chip. Chip's a chip, and I understand that. But my point is, if you're another... I don't think that gives other teams confidence. I think I go the other way. I think teams look at that and go, okay, they won the chip, but they versed an injured team, and Kawhi left after a year, even after winning a chip. So there's Yeah, all but that. okay, if nobody offers anything for James Harden and the Nets are just left sitting there as your only option and James Harden just sits out, 
then his value decreases even more. And then you have to send him to the Nets and they can't give you anything worthwhile. So why not take a package from somebody else who would give you something? James Harden's not sitting out. There's How do you know? No that? talks of James Harden sitting oh. out. Cause there's been How no you know talks that? of him sitting out. Have you got inside? All. Have you got inside? Have you got inside knowledge? Do you have inside Woj knowledge that he is sitting out? That's, I might. Me. I might. <laughs> okay, I might have inside <laughs> knowledge that he's not. <laughs> Here's the thing, Mankin. It's like don't let. The thing is, like, who's gonna? So it, it's 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 like it's reminiscent of yes, the, the um the Raptors thing, the Raptors situation, but. Who can potentially offer a better trade package than the Nets? I mean, you've got because let's be honest, so many more. I don't think I don't think I don't think seventy sixes give up one of their top two. Okay, but okay, this is my point. What happens if the Sixers get no? Yeah, this is my point. What happens if the Sixers get thirty games in and they're fifteen and fifteen, and it's not working between Simmons and Embiid? Suddenly, the door opens for one of them for the Harden to be available for one of them. So then. But right now, yeah. the Sixers then, think then, that they can work between those two. Because more likely or not, James Harden will be sitting out. More likely than not, you think James Harden sits out the next season? If he wants to go to the Nets that badly, or if he wants to get traded that badly, yes. Especially if Westbrook No way goes. James Harden sits out. Especially There's if Westbrook no... goes. What's the point of him being there? That's like saying, what's the point of playing basketball? It's like saying... We've seen it, bef- we've seen it before. It's player empowerment, and I know it's you said not. you're sick of it, but... I'm not sick of player empowerment. I'm just saying that's not going to happen, and it doesn't take away from... what My point is, for the Houston Rockets perspective, if you think you can get Embiid or Simmons after 30 games into the year, why don't you just wait? And okay, but what happens... What happens... Around. What yeah, happens the, is it doesn't change the game. fact that he, that he still wants to go to the Nets. Like, exactly. it doesn't... Like, the fact that you get 15, 30 games in, it still doesn't change the fact that he doesn't want to be in Philly. And so, so Philly still done. thinks I'm not going to get any value for this by giving away a player that does want to be here. Exactly. Like the value is still bad. No matter how desperate a team is, the value is still bad on James Harden. I know what you're saying, but I just don't think, I just, I just think the Houston Rockets would be confident. The front office would be confident. Even a, even a bad offer from another team would beat the Brooklyn Nets best offer. In my opinion. When I say a bad offer, like we're talking bad offer in comparison to the fact you're trading for an MVP, but I just think the what the Nets can offer is just so under what other teams can offer. So what, like Jared Allen, Levert, um, Dinwiddie, though that yeah, you, that doesn't yeah, but we've good amount of picks. We've seen what that team enough. does. There are there are nine like, without Kyrie, they were probably going to be a nine seed in the East. Those people, it's like that's what you're trading for for an MVP. With Lever Dinwiddie. Yeah, but the thing okay, is, and you're, never gonna, you you're never going to get it. And you get someone that can't shoot threes. Yeah, nice. That's if, like, how's that any better? Instead and that's the other thing. You'd rather have Ben Simmons and build a team around Ben Simmons than have four people that make up a nine seed in the East. Yeah, but the 76ers have to be willing to trade away Ben Simmons. What the point is, if the, if they get to 15, and this is only one team. I'm saying there are so many other teams that could be available. Like, could be we could be talking about as well, other than the Sixers. I'm using the Sixers as an example, but if they're 15 and 15 they're probably going to be pretty comfortable taking on James Harden for one of them. And I think the Houston Rockets are going to look at that and go, okay, let's at least get a young guy we can build around. Yeah, but what if they're 20 and 10? What if they don't? What if no one wants James no, Harden? That's my point. What, that's, that the wrong, that's the wrong way to say it. What if, it's, what if the risk is so much higher than the reward for James Harden? Because why, if you're Atlanta, or I don't know if Atlanta, but like a young team with a young core, 
why would you trade for James Harden for two years, give up your young, some young players or give up some potentially, you know, dynamic and, and future, you know, players that you can build your future around for someone who's only going to be there for a year, maybe a year and a half and then leave. Well, like, I don't see, I don't see any viable option other than the Nets if that's where he wants to go, because I don't think any team will risk it unless you're a contender and, and you're giving up a lot to get James Harden. Obviously, I get it. I know what you're saying because you're saying his value drops because he's obviously only wants to go to one team. But I just think, well, you look at it like the Anthony Davis for one year of Anthony Davis. Look how much they picked up. What look they for one year of Anthony Davis? The Pelicans got a ridiculous amount of assets. So I think if that's if you're saying the Brooklyn Nets off, if the if Brooklyn want him and Harden wants to go to Brooklyn, that Brooklyn offer is going to be there in a year's time. So I still think you you work, I still think there's a better deal out there and that Brooklyn thing's always going to be there in a year's time. So look for the better options before that. It'd be silly just because James Harden walked into your office and said, I want to go to Brooklyn that you trade him within the week. That would be silly. Oh, you have to. Yeah, I get that. But I feel like that just deters the fact that he wants to go to Brooklyn. That just deters any other team from trading for him. I disagree because he's an MVP candidate and there's enough teams willing to gamble. But but what would the gamble be like if you're not a contender and you trade for him? You're gambling. And, and you're, wants him in. A team like Philly, you're gambling that the Harden and Embiid thing works. They go to the finals and they win the championship, and then Harden goes, "This is the spot for me." Same what if it does the work? They don't win the championship. They see the net. He, you know, they see the net. He like sees I said, the it's net. It's a gamble, but it's a it's a gamble everywhere. It's a gamble for him to go to Brooklyn and try and have three ball handlers. Like everything's a gamble. There's no such there's no such thing as a sure thing, but. I get that, but I don't think the 76ers do that gamble because I think, one, they could probably get a more sure um, player or, or or better options for you know either a Ben Simmons or a Joel Embiid. Because... Do you think Daryl Morley trades for James Harden? I don't know, man. I just don't think... I don't think the, the, the risk of one and done or one and a half and done or two, and, you know, two years and then leaving is worth giving up a 24-year-old stud who has you know reminiscence of lebron james without the shooting so you think that the philadelphia 76ers can get more for ben simmons than an mvp i just think i don't think i think ben but it's an simmons, mvp with an asterisk yes it's not just an mvp it's an mvp with a i don't want to be here okay but two years of an mvp i think is still with joel Embiid. i think that's still something you consider look my point is don't trade James Harden just because he wants to be traded in the week. Wait a year because that offer from the Brooklyn Nets is still going to be there in a year. So wait to see how the league plays out because it never plays out how we think it is going to go. And there could be plenty of opportunities that you'd rather see see play out than go, damn, we traded James Harden because he asked nicely within the week when this could have become available. Just That's quickly, does Curry have a no trade clause? <laughs> God damn, that would be funny. That would be... Uh, I don't know. Uh, because a lot of people, a lot of people think that this James Harden thing and KD, this is almost like a four black, four black, four back plan. If this Kyrie and um, KD thing doesn't work, imagine Kyrie for Westbrook and Harden. Okay, see three back together. KD Ugh. gets them both. God, that'd be funny. Ugh. I don't know. That'd Who be knows? interesting. 
Who bloody knows? All right, guys, that's it from us. Thank you very much for listening. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Get Around It Pod and like us on Facebook at Get Around It Podcast. Thanks for listening, guys, and bye.